Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. That's what I get for trying to eat my vegetables. Hell, choked there. Don't worry, though. We carry on here at Nuanas Now. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Joining me in studio, as he does each and every Wednesday. Miss anything in the first hour of the show? Check it out on the podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. All you got to do is search N-U-A-N-E-Z. That'll get you the podcast feed. Podcast probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. First hour, we talked Brian Holsinger, the newest uh, Lady Grizz head coach. Also, gave you our Treasure State Stars, talking a little NFL, had some trivia, and had some fun. So, be sure to go check out the first hour of the Nuanez Now podcast. Hour two now, talk a lot of football. So, Montana plays its second and final spring football game this Saturday against Portland State. 11 a.m. kickoff right here on SWX. And so, before uh, we get to our ESPN roundtable with Bruce Barnum, Portland State head coach, your basic takeaways from the Grizz game last week. I thought they looked pretty darn good. I, I did. Yeah, I thought they looked good. The one thing that I was really looking forward to, just because I think it's the most important position group in all of football, was you know we, we had heard so much about this improved offensive line and how big and strong they got and blah, blah, blah. I didn't really see a whole lot of push up front 
as I would have liked. And I know, you know, part of that was Central Washington was running some funky stuff and scheme you know, they weren't prepared for, yeah, new defensive coordinator. And some of it wasn't really necessarily had to do with push. It was just, you know, a numbers game in the box and they, you know, Got him in some run blitzes when you know they were running the football, things like that. But still, and the, had a couple good some, of the, the, some of the short yardage and the goal line and you know in the red zone had you know some left to be desired, which is what was the weakness of this. What has been the weakness of this team sure. really for the last you know five six years sure. has been short yardage and, and red zone stuff. So I kind of wanted to see them just be able to you know completely just you know line up, hand it off. And, you know, be able to get five yards a carry, you know, um, kind of like what we were used to seeing back in the, you know, in Bobby ball, you know, that sure, kind of stuff. Sure. So didn't really see that. But other than that, I mean, I thought the most impressive thing was there was um, when the twos started like filtering in. Yeah. There was no drop off. Yeah. Slash like in some spots they were making even more plays and, and even better. And I, th- I think that is the number one sign of a healthy, good program. Yes. And I think that is the biggest thing to be really encouraged about because when the twos went in, there was no dippage and there were even better I- at certain times. You look at their defensive line. It's a great example of that. Their number one defensive line includes two seniors in Justin Belknap, who, by the way, will join us here on Nuanas now tomorrow. Uh, transfer from Arizona, grad transfer. Uh, interesting guy because uh, he's like going to be 25 years old. So he's yeah. significantly older than most of the rest of the guys on the team. So it was fun to interview him. But uh, Joe Babros, who's also the – they kind of make fun of those two guys as the old guys because I think Joe's about to turn 24 as well. So both guys that have FBS experience. And and uh, and then Eli Alford, who's a junior, who also then started his career at the Air Force Academy. And so uh, they're older, but then they roll on their, twos, their second defensive line. Well – Jacob McGoring's only a redshirt freshman. He's the most talented defensive lineman that they got, period. I mean, you look yeah. at the guy. I thought he's made the, the most noticeable and impressive physical games. I mean, you look at him, you're like, well, when's that guy getting drafted? I mean, he's like 6'5", 265 pounds. But then also, uh, Brayden Deming and um, Gubner. Alex Gubner. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, no... their two defensive line is actually more talented. They're just the younger ones, right? Yeah. And then you look at their two corners, like, Anche So and Justin Ford, those guys just haven't been on campus that long. So that's why they were running with the ones. But they're as talented, if not. I mean, I think I think Ford is their most talented corner. And so, to your point, I mean, they have multiple guys that are quote-unquote running with the twos that are actually their most talented guys. And the fact that Bobby loves to rotate, especially on defense, I think it bodes well. I think they have a lot of depth. And I think they'll be able to really uh, take teams to task because I think they're going to be able to, to stay fresh throughout most games. Well, then, you know, at the wide receiver's spot, right. you know, Ryan, Sim- Ryan Simpson looked really good. I mean, Keelan White is solid. Like, yeah. like I mean, Malik Flowers, like, is, we know how explosive he is with the ball in his hands, and he's improved as a route runner and as a <laughs> wide t- receiver. I tweeted, like, the, I tweeted this when he, we almost scored a touchdown. I ended up getting yeah. called back. But I tweeted that it, it would have been so amazing because it would have been his, he's a wide receiver, and it would have been his sixth career touchdown Yet he still hasn't ever even caught a pass yeah. <laughs> in his, his career. Like, how amazing is that? On one side, it's like, we well, should get this guy involved because he always scores when he touches the ball. But on the other side, it's also amazing that he can score in so many ways without ever even getting thrown the ball. Yeah, and then um, I think it was interesting at, at punt return. Obviously, we've been so blessed with watching Jerry Louis McGee over the last you know four or five years. The probably the best you know punt returner in, in Grizz history. Ooh, Riley said that the other day, too. You guys forgot about Mark Mariani, Jefferson Heidelberg, and Lavander Sears, but Jerry well, Louis McGee was a good one, too. He was the most, like, 
electrifying. Just no. as far as no. yes, as far no. as like no. Levander Seagers is the most electrifying punt returner in Grizz history, and uh, Mark Mariani's the best. I think just as far as like maybe the biggest fan favorite. That's uh, did did the did the did the whole. The whole crowd. Did the whole chant, stadium ever whole, say Mark, Mark, Mark? Like, like when he's here's about, here's the best thing I can say about Lavander Seegers. Lavander Seegers was so electric and such a fan favorite that he's the only player in my memory that Bobby Houck let wear number one. Okay, well, <laughs> but no, we're going. No, that means we're, that's because like I, I w- that was before. Yeah, it was my before time. you were here. Yeah, it was when okay. I was a kid. Since, so. so since I, I know Mark. Mark was, yes, better at it, but I don't know Jerry. There was just you know. He could just make he can make more he can make something out of nothing more than anybody else as far as the punt return goes I think just as far as his his ability to make people miss in in a phone booth I've never seen anybody like like him do it as far as that goes and I think also because of his stature because he was he's so small like there's just a you know rootability there that just made him just you know, so you. Oh, for sure. So I mean, fun, no, I'm, you know? I'm not trying to mean Jerry. I mean, Jerry has a, one of the great stories. I mean, walking on from a town of you know 200 yeah. people and his Native American heritage and yeah. his style and his hair and how cool he was and all that. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's never been a player like Jerry McGee ever in the Big Sky Conference. So I'm not trying to mean him. I, I guess. I guess the real point is that we're not even arguing about anything. I know. The best. One of the best parts about Bobby Houck is that. He always has one of the best punt returners in the history of the school because yeah. he puts such a high priority yeah. on so, that. So, you know, to go basically from, uh, you know, one of the best electrifying guy to a Gabe Sulser who, you know, almost housed his first ever, you know, punt return. <laughs> right. um, you know, that was exciting. Like, I, just in general, seeing Gabe Sulser out there healthy and playing was exciting because, you know, obviously this guy was, <sighs> I mean, probably the best high school football player I've ever seen. He, I, I wrote I mean, it. I wrote it. My story. You know, he he had he had a unique circumstance in the fact that he was he was such a heavy, uh, high high level contributor on such successful teams as a young player. E- even with Montana, I mean, it's actually sort of backwards in Montana the culture of high school football because you'd think in a rural state that guys could play really early on, but especially at the double A level, it's very rare that like freshmen or sophomores yeah. really get to play on varsity because just because all those coaches are old school and. But Solcer was, you know, he was a first-team All-State player when he was a freshman and sophomore in high school. So he built this legend. His dad played for the Grizz. He had his great athletic family. His sister was a dominant track athlete, all that stuff. And then the fact is that he's just a great kid, and he sort of became like this media darling even when he was in high school because he's a great talker, and he's, you know, everybody just kind of likes yeah. talking to Gabe. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it is, it's not just his skill. He is one of those guys where if he can have real success, it's so good for Montana, not only because of his production, but because he's just such a guy that the state just wants to do well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, so it was cool to see him back. And like you mentioned, Justin Ford, I, th- I thought he looked pretty pretty dang good. Really so good, yeah. when you have when you have Justin Ford, Omar Hexanu, Corbin Walker, so... Trajan Cotton, who didn't play, a little nicked up. But, like, I mean, they are – this might be the best – I mean, obviously they still got to go out there and do it. Sure. But they got a lot of potential. In the, They're significantly upgraded. Yeah. And and to me, that is one of the most important position groups in the Big Sky Conference. You ha- Like, if you don't have good DBs, like, you, you're not going to be a good team in the Big Sky. Like, you're just not. For sure. And 
so I think that is that was you know they were pretty impressive and and that was good to see. Um, I Marcus Wellnell and the you know the other linebackers yep. other than Jace Lewis looked pretty solid. Um, I thought I thought actually very good. I thought that yeah because uh, that that's I thought, another I thought thing. Braxton Hill looked good too. Yeah, and and they're doing something. Um, Pretty sweet too. Uh, O'Connell has been sort of this like edge guy, but they play him in the box a little bit. Or they were at least on Saturday where he he can play a little inside too, and that's nice too because he I mean he's really explosive off the edge, but he's also a great tackler, great pursuer. So uh, I thought their linebackers was was a really impressive group too for sure. Yeah, and they do a good job of like they just kind of let those guys fly around and not have to make a whole lot of reads and right. decisions sometimes. Which, Run the ball, especially for those younger guys that are like like a Braxton Hill who's super athletic. Um, and big and strong. Yeah, just yeah. like, just blitz the A gap or like right. do this, do that, right. like and not have running to, back goes that way, chase yeah, him. and not have to worry <laughs> about like reads yeah. and who I'm, you know, who yeah. I got to go with, things like that. So, and then obviously their special teams was dominant. Um, will be interesting to see the kicking game. I think that will be kind of a, a question mark going forward. I mean, for sure. Cooper, you know, Jack Cooper hit a few, but also shanked one and sure. hit the upright on an extra point. So, um, yeah, overall, just fun to see, and it's going to be awesome to see them. Against another Big Sky team, because then you could just you could truly just get a little bit better evaluation. Nuana is now one two nine ESPN Missoula. Time now for our ESPN Roundtable. Speaking of that other team, Portland State comes to Montana Saturday, eleven a.m. kickoff. You can find the game ABC Fox Montana and FWX Production, but you can find it on KTMF uh, here in Missoula. Bruce Barnum, the head coach of the Portland State Vikings, joins us here on the ESPN Roundtable. If you can't make it down to the game or you want to go watch the game with some family, have some, enjoy some breakfast, maybe have some beers, whatever, head on down to Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls has 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Great place to watch the Grizz. Great place to play some of your sports bets and a great place to just enjoy yourself. So head on down to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Bruce Barnum. This week's guest on the ESPN Roundtable. Well, happy now for the ESPN Roundtable, which we do each and every Wednesday here on Nuanez Now. And we're happy to welcome in a very special guest to this week's ESPN Roundtable. He's Bruce Barnum, head coach for the Portland State Vikings. And coach, I got to tell you, when Tutel first hit the road and decided he was uh, retiring at the age of 40, my number one pick would have been you to co-host this radio show. But I know that uh, <laughs> you, you got bigger you got bigger fish to fry, and you're probably making a lot more money than the $12 an hour we pay here at ESPN Missoula. But thanks so much for joining us. We're always happy to have you. No, Colton, thank you guys. Thank you for what you do for the Big Sky and FCS football. I mean, it's uh, it's having you and we listen to you, I listen to you, we follow you. Um, thanks for doing what you do for the, the, the sport. It is game week, an atypical game week here in the middle of spring. So let me know how things are feeling right now in Portland. I know you guys have had an atypical existence out there as well, different than a lot of people maybe in Idaho or Montana. So what's the last year and a half been like for you? And is this weird having a game week to prepare for here some 450 plus days since the last time you actually played football? Well, you hit it on the head, Coulter. Um, I'm, I'm hearing words and vocabulary I've never heard. Atypical, you just use it twice. COVID, you know, pandemic, I'm having to Google everything. And Wikipedia, just to know what the hell's going on in the world. But um, it is odd, you know, but how we've approached it is this is an elongated spring because you got a few more practices because of a competition. And essentially, this is our spring game, you know. 
It's not an inner squad. It's real. It's versus the Grizz in Missoula. So, um, you know, wake your ass up. You know, you're not going to look over. You know, on, on some of these, some of those uh, inner squad in the in the spring games, you can look over to some freshmen and say, hey, by, by the way, go easy on this one. I told him that's not going to happen this week. You're going to get punched in the mouth. <laughs> Well, Coach, what do you think of just the broad concept of playing a game in the spring? I know that Coach Houck, after they played uh, Central Washington last week, said he kind of likes this and maybe hopes that it continues. So what's your perspective on playing an actual opponent in the spring? Pandemic aside, I mean, is this something that you like? No, I I, I love it. Uh, I brought it up, you know, when this came, when all this happened. I would hope the NCAA might look at this once things return to a normal season and a normal spring, you know, not all the stops. Um, what a great thing for a fan base, uh, for a university, uh, for the pockets of the home team, you know, um, to have one game, uh, allow one game against anybody in America in the spring to take place of your spring game. I think that would be a bonus uh, to add in for everybody involved. And the one thing Coach Houck has really liked about this is just the extra preparation time. And I mean, he's obviously a, uh, a glutton for punishment. Bobby would do spring ball year-round if he could, fall camp and spring drills back-to-back for the end of time. But uh, what do you think of just uh, the extra practice time you guys have been allotted to prepare for this, and how have you used it? I mean, what sort of improvements have you made, have you made at Portland State? Oh, we love it. You know, we're, and we're, t- we're trying to take advantage of every second. Colter, we're up at 4 coaches and we go from six to ten with weights and the whole shebang in the morning um but after you know we haven't played football in 16 17 months culture so after the layoff um one thing is easy the motivation is easy kids are out here their smiles are rolling it was even more focused you know when we inked a game uh, and then they found out it was in missoula uh, a little more excitement so you know, uh, playing in Washington Grizz, uh, I don't care what anybody says. It, it's a it's a great place to play, and their stadium's a little nicer than mine. Bruce Barnum joining us. He's the head coach for the Portland State Vikings. His team plays at Washington Grizzlies Stadium on Saturday. It's the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Need a place to go watch the Grizz game on Saturday? Head on down to Paradise Falls. They got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This is an 11 a.m. kick, so maybe you have a little brunch. Maybe you roll in having a, a few brewskis while you're watching Portland State at Montana. Either way, it's a good thing to have football back, so give Paradise Falls some business. Head on down there on Saturday if you need a place to watch the Grizz game. And, Coach, uh, Montana, they had a game last week against Central Washington, 59-3. to A uh, pretty resounding effort by the Grizzlies. So, two-part question, what sort of advantage is that to have already played a game when, like you said, your team has not played in 16 or 17 months and secondly what were your impressions overall of just what you saw on film so far for the Grizz uh, well first off you know the just the mechanics of everything from substitution to your sideline you know to uh, the jitters uh, that, that your kids have you know going into that first game they've settled down you know uh, they've had an opportunity now we're coming in they're a little bit more greased up than us um, but on the other side, you know, what do we see from the Grizz? First off, I saw the snow um, in, in the game, and I, I hear this week's going to be 68, 69, 70 degrees, which, you know, uh, will be nicer. But uh, you saw a well-coached, you know, their staff. Uh, are you kidding me? 
Coulter. You saw a well-coached, tough-ass, talented football team. They have a lot of people back. You know, thank God they lost 33. I mean, his I think his number's tattooed on my quarterback's chest from the 19 <laughs> game. Um, but they have a lot of talent back. They're a good football team. Very well coached. I, I was surprised they lit up. You know, Coach Bear, I think, lit up the uh, the mighty Wildcats a little more than I thought he might as far as the blitz. But, you know, we're preparing for that. And But what I'm – the main thing I'm preparing for – is letting our team know um, <laughs> this is serious. You know, uh, you're going up against a violent, tough-ass football team. From just a football perspective, a football nerd perspective, which I always consider myself a football nerd, this is going to be a fascinating matchup in terms of the X's and O's on both sides of the ball. Uh, but when you talk about Montana's defense, does it look much different than the last time you played them? Because it's been several years since these two teams have squared off. Well, de- defensively, we see a lot of similarities. You know, I, I, I just we've scoured because there's not a lot of film. We've scoured that 19 film. Okay, what they do to us? Why was it close? You know, and then they run away in the end. I, I mean, them. I remember it's like getting my teeth pulled trying to move the ball and score against them. But it's always that way. And I said this before, but Bears. I mean, their defensive coordinators forgotten more football than my staff knows. Uh, including myself. So going against him is fun. We actually did a presentation. I did a, a presentation on Coach Bear in our first, when we started our scouting report to the staff. I said, okay, here's who you're going up against. I said, here's a difference, too. I said, some guys will, you know, adjust at halftime to what we're doing. Some guys will see it on Sunday morning, you know, and adjust then. Those are the ones we usually beat. I said, this guy... Uh, he adjusts after each series to what we're doing. I said, so stay on your toes and, you know, don't fall asleep and don't get buried in, oh, we're calling this, everybody has the plays at the beginning of the game. We're going to call these 20 plays first and see what happens. I said, uh, Coach Bear's going to have you figured out after play three, so uh, stay stay alert. You mentioned a quarterback, Davis Alexander, and that was a big hit that Dante Olson put on him back in that uh, 2019 game in Portland. Uh, but I always thought that his grit and moxie had been something that have stood out to me when watching him. I know you liked those elements about your quarterback, Coach, but now here he is, and uh, he's a multi-year starter. And honestly, besides Eric Berry at Eastern Washington, the most veteran quarterback in the league, so how much of an advantage does that give you and how much uh, security does that give you, uh, not only as you enter this game, but as you enter his senior season? Excited about that. Uh, Coulter, he's smart. Um, I think he has a big arm, and I've never coached a player tougher than him. Even going into that 19 game, um, last one at Hillsborough versus the Grizz, I remember him throwing up before the game, you know, ice packs, trainers telling me he's got the flu, and, you know, he didn't eat pregame meal, and he's like, I'm all right, I'm good, coach, I'm good. And I'm like, all right, here, at least have some Gatorade. But that's who he is as far as his personality and his toughness. And, and like I said, he's smart. He's probably, um, I've got a young staff. He's probably smarter than everybody on you know, the offensive side of the ball. So I'm going to turn some stuff over to him this year. Coulter, more than I probably have since Doug Bachman back at Idaho State many moons ago in the 90s. Um, Doug was a smart kid who loved MT, so we'd just throw him out there. But um, I'm hoping uh, and I'm confident – uh, that Davis is going to 
be able to put us in the right situation more than the other. Bruce Barnum joining us, head coach for Portland State. They play at Montana. It is our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. And Coach, tell us a little bit about the rest of your team. It's it's so difficult right now to follow everybody's teams because we haven't played any games since 2019. People have added mid-year transfers, recruiting classes, guys have left the program, all of that stuff. So uh, just a broad breakdown on the rest of your offense. Okay. Um, defense, I think you're going to see depth at the defensive line that you've never seen here before. Um, in the back end, you're going to see Ryan Lesh, who you saw probably two and a half years ago. He missed the 19 season because he broke his leg, and he's back as a senior. You're going to see Anthony Adams, who's a preseason, preseason All-American, I believe. He's a good football player out of Tiger. Um, and you're going to see linebackers you haven't seen before. I always thought linebackers would need more speed at that position. Um, jump over the other side. We've already talked about Davis. Now you're going to see two seven-foot kids. I have a tight end who's he's just under. He's six eleven and three quarters. And I've got an old lineman, John Cron, who's damn close to seven foot. He'll probably be at left guard um, on Saturday. And you know he's down from four fifty to um, three ninety-seven. Uh, so I'm happy that he's lost some weight. Hopefully he can get in the way of some of the grizz, but uh, you're going to see some wide receivers. You're going to see one wide receiver you haven't seen transfer from Nebraska. Uh, Darian Chase will be starting for us. He was a Washington Player of the Year. Uh, the year Union High School won the state championship. His buddy was here, Jojo Ciafele. Um So he decided to come join us after a year at Nebraska. You're going to see four tight ends. They're all different. You know, you know me a little bit as far as football. I wish I had 12 tight ends, but I've got four good ones. One's fast, one's tall, uh, one can block, and one you don't know where he's going to be or where he's going to line up, but he's better than all of them. So I think we're going to be fun to watch. Uh, my running backs, uh, I've got six. They won't all be there on Saturday, but uh, four or five of them will be, and uh, I think they're going to be the key to my season. So I'm curious. I'm excited to watch them. They're looking pretty good in practice right now. Obviously, we didn't like or want any of the delays that have happened over the last year and a half or so, but there is some silver linings here, right, in terms of the, the progression maybe young players could have, the progression amongst your whole roster. So have you have you seen that? I mean, have you seen sort of the developmental aspect of the game, particularly when it comes to strength, conditioning, uh, you know, maybe getting healthy? Have those parts been accelerated from the fact that you guys haven't played a real game in a long time? The ones that have helped us the most, you touched on right there at the end, Coulter, we're healthier. Um, Emmanuel Dagby is not going to be with us. And there's a possibility he would have missed the 19th season, but now he's 100%. Um, I'm not going to play him in this game. I'm going to make sure he's ready to go for next season. You know, he's, I think he's one of the most talented players in the big sky. Uh, plays wide receiver, and he's a special team standout for us. Um, other guys are healthy that weren't. Lash, I've already mentioned. Um, but along with that, you know, I, I think you, you see more in the mental game. Uh, the guys missed it, so they stayed locked in. Uh, but uh, there was a lot of teaching time and a lot of, you know, what do we do? How did this team beat us? How do we beat this team? Should we try this? Why do we do this? I think you'll see a smarter group of um, seniors, juniors and seniors, at least on my football team than you've seen in the past. 
Bruce Barnum joining us, Portland State head coach. It is our ESPN roundtable. And coach, I me- I remember reading when the uh, the spring season was first being proposed, and you had a uh, sort of a straw poll amongst your players. Do you want to play in the spring or not? Do you want to wait till the fall? And it seemed like it was pretty resounding, if not unanimous, that they did not want to play during the spring. So, uh, what all? What were all the factors that went into that? And uh, how were you guys able to sort of have that that solidarity when, when it was coming to making the decision of, of playing in the spring or or loading up for the fall of twenty twenty one? Well, that's how it started because there were some unknowns. You know, they weren't sure about getting their year back. You know, they weren't sure on when we'd start. They weren't sure on how many games there would be. They weren't sure if the, you know, the championship was going to be moved. Um, then they actually flipped. Some of them flipped and said, you know what, let's do this. Uh, we came back. We practiced for two weeks, Coulter. And that's when the decision was made uh, that this probably isn't a good idea. Um, between uh, my team wasn't in great shape. About a third of them, I would have gone in and said, let's go, you know, versus anybody in the big sky, the other two thirds. Um, the, they weren't ready physically and, and possibly, you know, to, to such a degree, they, I think they could have been injured. You know, the soft tissue stuff could have tore us apart. Between that and the testing, and you know, Multnomah County, we were the last to come back. Um, our uh, guidelines as far as the pandemic and COVID are stricter than um, everybody else in the big sky. So it, it would have been a gamble to say we even could play. So I think the decision was 100% right. I think Val nailed it, our athletic director. Um, and it, it's turned out great as far as we had an excellent spring, and now we get our, quote, spring game. Uh, like we talked about earlier, and it's going to lead us right into, in the next season. That's September 4th kickoff at Hawaii. When you first took this head coaching position, I know that it was a, a, a build, a, yet an outstanding year, 2015, and then sort of uh, an incremental build and sort of a rebuild, but a sort of a redefining of the strategies that Portland State had used in the past and maybe implement your strategies on how to build a roster, how to build a program. And now here you are, and you've been at it now for, I guess you've got a chance to play the five seasons, but I've been here for six years now. So uh, what are the biggest pieces of progress that you've seen be made at Portland State? And where are you guys at in terms of where you hoped you'd be uh, in sort of this this five-year plan that you had when you first took this job? Well, that's what I'm trying to keep together, Coulter, because come in the last season, I thought we are going to be pretty damn good uh, as far as our personnel. You know, this was my, my that first high school recruiting class that I brought in. They were seniors, you know, and that's what you dream about because after that 15 season, we lost, shoot, I lost every every starter and nearly half my team, it seemed like. So it was a, we saw it as a serious rebuild, and now, boom, okay, we're ready to go, and then the pandemic hits. Um, we lost three as far as during COVID. I lost two to the portal, and one guy that had reported, a new guy just decided to go home. He was a junior college guy. And that's when I panicked a little bit and, and said, Val, I, I, we've built this. We've put this together. Our kids were still at home. I said, we have to get our team back so I don't lose anymore. So she raised a stink in the governor's office on campus, yada, yada, and she got it done for me, got the team back, you know, and, and now we're together. Now we are a team again. You know, you can't do a lot of things you 
you want to do as far as team building, et cetera, uh, on this campus right now. But having them here, a little return to normalcy, the weight room, the practice field, uh, I've got what I want. Hopefully you're going to see a a taste of it, you know, minus the opt-outs Saturday in Missoula. ESPN Roundtable, Bruce Barnum, Portland State head coach, joining us here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. And, Coach, what worries you most about the opponent on Saturday, the Montana Grizzlies? Shit, they're the top of the big sky. <laughs> you know, they're where we want to be. Everybody shoots for the Grizzlies. I don't care what you say. You talk about, you know, Weavers won it four times. Well, let's uh, – I won't talk down. They have won it four times, so they're up there. Eastern is one, but the Grizz uh, are there. I think they had a little bit of a setback. Um, and then they hired Bobby Houck and the staff he brought in. I think they've, after our first, after the kick in Missoula on homecoming, where we snuck out of there with a win, compared to seeing them in 19, right, and the change that had already been made, and just as far as getting after people, the Grizz of old, I call it, the going way back, but uh, I think they're back, you know. Uh, I think they're back to where they want to be. So um, that's the benefit of playing them. Why not play the best, you know, to gauge where you're at? Because I think we're pretty good. Well, I know you know Coach Houck for a long time, coached against him for a long time as well. So what do you think the special ingredient is? Why, why do you think he has been able to get the Grizz back to a nationally elite level so quickly? Uh, the people he hires. You know, I think they have a quality staff. Uh, recruiting, what they have there, there's a lot to sell, uh, Coulter, from what they've done with the f- facilities, what they've done with the new, f- you know, the upgrade, uh, the weight room, et cetera. Um, it's a destination. Uh, and the recruiting that they've done, Bobby knows how to do, you know, and he pulls all this together, and, and I think the kids play for him. I, I don't think Bobby's an ego. Uh, like you see in this game, I don't think the game defines him. He is who he is, and you know he's not as tough as his brother Tim, but you know he's got that persona uh, to lead a group. Uh, I think, especially in that state and that uh, I don't know what the word is culture, that mantra uh, that the Grizz have, you know, um, and he's done it before. He's been there before. He knows. It's a program, and, and not that it runs itself. you got to have the right leader, and I think they do now uh, because it is a program to strive to be like. Coach, we'll get you out of here on this. If Portland State is to come into Missoula and earn a victory, which would be, in fact, the second straight victory for Portland State in Missoula after a long drought without one, what's it going to take? Uh, they're going to have to turn the ball over. They're going to have to give it to us a couple times, Coulter. Um, we're going to have to win field position. Those are two things um, that I think, uh, and I say field, the, the turnovers uh, defines itself. The field position, sometimes you get field position in Missoula, it doesn't matter. You get to the red zone, and, and it's a worst-case scenario because of the crowd. But um, thank the governor or whoever the hell did it, keeping them at 20%, you know, I don't think that's, uh, I think that might even out um, that part. Uh, But the field position, um, I think, is a piece of that. Um, And the turnovers, those are the key things. And then just be able to execute, 
you know, you can't go backwards as far as penalties, penalties and that. But I think the turnover battle and, and matching the grits, I, I think, um, you know, they've got a game under them. Um, I have some young kids and some new student athletes on the field and realizing um, you can't just try to beat the Grizz for a quarter. you got to grind out four quarters um, striking. I think it's going to be a tough game, you know, and I'm hoping my kids hang in. They have to hang in there for us to have a chance to win this game. One of our favorites, Bruce Barnum, Portland State head coach, his team in Missoula against the University of Montana, Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff from Washington Grizzly Stadium. It is our ESPN Roundtable. Coach, you're welcome back anytime. Appreciate it, and best of luck this weekend. Thanks, Coulter. Thanks for having us. Bruce Barnum, one of a kind. It's going to be a good game on Saturday. I hope everybody is looking forward to it. You're listening to Nuanez now. That was our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Get somewhere to watch the game, head on down to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula, Missoula's coolest hotspot. More college football, Grizz, Bobcats, all of the above, right after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Welcome back. Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SMX Montana Television, Coulter Nuanas, Sean Rainey. Thanks for riding home with us on your Wednesday. Talking some more college football. Now, flipping sides of the Bobcats side of things. Dr. Brett Vegan again today. And uh, my number one question for him today was uh, position battles, going through a spring ball where you're trying to figure out who's going to be your starting outside linebacker or your starting inside receiver or whatever it might be. That's pretty status quo because once you get into the third or fourth week of practice, you can tell who's better than the other guys. I mean, you can tell how the position battle is going, all that. But I asked him, when do you then start determining whether then who's winning those position battles are good enough to be good to great to elite Big Sky Conference players? And I think that's an interesting factor for a new head coach is, you know, you might think, okay, we're going to get all the best guys on our roster into the best spots, but then how do they compare to the rest of the league. I mean, is this, is this guy just good as a receiver on our team or is he good enough to be a good receiver in the league? And I think that that's going to be one of the biggest obstacles for the Bobcats. But it was interesting. I've only got to watch him once. We haven't been given uh, as intense a coverage as we usually do because I've only been able to make it to Bozeman once. I've only got my eyes on the Bobcats one time since Brent Vegan took over. So um, I'm going to head over there again one more time before the spring game, and I'll be there for the spring game uh, the Saturday after this upcoming Saturday as well. Some more Bobcat stuff coming. But, uh, Randy, you follow Cats, you follow Big Sky Conference. What are your biggest question marks for Montana State? I mean, obviously, it's the number one is the one that's been the question mark at MSU for six years in a row now, right? 
Well, I think number one for me is just do they have the same identity as that they had under Coach Choate? You right. know, because and we heard, you know, we, we heard Barney kind of talk about Montana getting that. He said he called it a mantra, you know, yeah. like they have this style, this attitude and a mindset with Coach Houck and that it fits the University of Montana, and I think he, you know he kind of hinted at like that's one of the reasons why, along with like an experienced coaching staff and Bobby getting back, of why Montana's been able to get back to having some success is just that mantra and stuff. And Montana State certainly had that mantra. It was a well, it was a defined attitude and style and everything like that. You know, does that change with a new regime? You know, and I think that's kind of the number one question mark to me. Um, Number two, you're more in tune to the position battles than I am. Um, just because, I mean, I, we haven't been able to see these guys for so long. For sure. I haven't even been able to see, you know, a whole lot of Montana up until this spring, let alone Montana State. So, um, I mean, at quarterback, is it – I mean, obviously, Rovick was playing pretty well. McKay, but, McKay was running the ones when I was there, and was Casey Bauman was running the twos. Okay, so... Tommy Mollat was running the threes and splitting time with Rovig. So. Okay, so that's, you know, obviously that's kind of, you know, has been kind of the um, every single year question mark for Montana State for a while. For sure. It's just who's going to be the quarterback, and and what does that look like? Is it is it a quarterback that is basically just, uh, you know, another runner out there that is going to help, you know, um, add an advantage in the run game, but going to struggle a little bit as far as passing game goes, or are they going to have, you know, a legit kind of dual threat kind of a guy um, that can rely on his arm a little bit more than his legs. Um, so that's another thing that I'm kind of looking out for. And then obviously, you know, it's the, the guy that the name that everybody always knows and talks about is just watching Troy Anderson get back healthy. And are they just going to leave him on the defensive side of the football? I obviously it's, you know, as a, college program you want to utilize them as much as you can but like for the kid um and his you know future I, I his future in the nfl is probably on the defensive side of the ball at linebacker See, i think it's on offense you think so i mean i i, I well well i think they need to not run him into the ground so he's healthy no so question. he can play in the nfl basically is what i was absolutely at. Where, wherever absolutely. that position is at absolutely. like don't you know like let you know, don't don't uh, wear him down so much that you know he's, he's doesn't have uh, any any juice left. I totally agree, and uh, Troy Anderson's health is of utmost importance. I actually think that it's ironic because I think that Troy Anderson will have an advantage with Jeff Choate leaving and a, a, a at least partially new coaching staff taking over because Choate started relying on Troy Anderson to bail out the Bobcats early in Troy's career, and then. Anytime he needed a bailout, he would just keep going to the well. And so then all of a sudden it's like, well, it's not it, – the thing – that's what's so crazy about Troy Anderson is he's become this mythical person yeah. in the lore of Montana football. And he's an awesome player. He's an awesome kid. But then I think that even the coaches were completely underrating that – like there's a reason guys don't go both ways in Division One college football. It's, it doesn't matter if you're the well, biggest freak ever. It's not sustainable. But the And the thing that made him so good too was like he was like a boxer that would just wear you down with touches. You know, like there's certain guys that like they need – like Melvin Gordon, for instance. Like he's one of those running backs where like he needs 20 carries a game to end up being truly effective. 
And that's kind of how Troy Anderson was. And that's how he was in, like, in that game against uh, the Miracle in Missoula. Like, he just, as the game wore on, the more and more carries he got, just with his size and his strength, like, and he always falling forward, like, he would just wear down teams and become more and more effective as the game went on. But obviously, <laughs> all of those touches uh, will wear you down as the, the season goes on and, and just as a human being. And so, you know, it'll just be interesting, um, his usage, so... I know you got to get out of here. Thanks for coming by. Appreciate Always, it, my we man. Got, we got T-ball tonight. So. <laughs> hey, Drady's living the dad life. <laughs> if ever you're looking at him on the TV since he's on there 24 hours a day, you always got to think. He's got a family at home, too. So uh, impressive that you juggle all these tasks, my man. But uh, Sean will be back. Actually, probably a couple appearances next week, so that'll be fun. Uh, Riley Corcoran, who joins me usually on Mondays and Tuesdays, he's going to be gone. So, Sean will swing by for at least part of Mondays and Tuesdays shows. And uh, I think Riley and I are actually going to record something Sunday as well, coming out of the Grizz game, too. But uh, be sure to check out Sean and the uh, Grizzly Sports Report, SWX tonight, all that good stuff. And uh, he'll be back in the saddle next week. We'll be back right after this. I'm going to give you some more thoughts on college football around the state of Montana. A couple thoughts on the Grizz, a couple thoughts on the Cats, and one more update on how to get this beautiful painting. Keep it right here. Nuana is now 10290 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Nuana is now one-stop shop for all things sports around the Treasure State each and every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. I am Coulter Nuanas. Thanks to Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director, for joining me for the uh, vast majority of this show. Miss anything in the show, you can find it on the podcast. Just search N-U-A-N-E-Z on any of your podcasting platforms, or you can go to 1029ESPN.com and click on the podcast tab. Either way, rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. Five stars is preferable. Podcast proudly presented by Sports Bet Montana, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Blackfoot Communications. All sorts of news uh, around the wider world of sports. We mentioned Jadavion Clowney signed with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Arizona expected to hire Gonzaga assistant Tommy Lloyd. So um, Lloyd was the coach in waiting, a lot of people thought, at Arizona, or excuse me, at Gonzaga, uh, behind Mark Few. Uh, Damon Stoudemire, former NBA Rookie of the Year, who's now Pacific. Georgia Tech's Josh Passner, who was a, a uh, Lou Olson disciple, as well as Los Angeles Lakers assistant coach Miles Simon, who was on Arizona's 1997 national championship team. They were also in the mix for that opening in Arizona, but uh, instead it goes to Coach Lloyd. So uh, interesting hire. I was surprised that he left because I thought, I mean, it's a great hire for Arizona, but I, I thought that Lloyd would wait it out for Mark Few, but who knows? Mark Few might be against that for the next 30 years. So uh, who knows how, how that all goes. 
Uh, appreciate everybody joining the show today. Brian Holsinger, Lee Grizz head coach, uh, made his debut. I'm actually going to meet up with him on Saturday morning for the one-on-ones. We'll share with you that next week before the, uh, the Grizz football game. So that'll be fun to get to know Coach Holsinger a little bit better on a, a personal level. And... Uh, Impressed with the hire. I thought they had a good list of candidates. I thought it was a good thing that they opened up the uh, the national search. And I uh, got a feel for Mike Petrino, who inherited a tough situation as an interim head coach. Uh, but by and large, I think the Lady Grizz need a fresh start. And I think that was a good uh, choice by the committee. Uh, Kent Haslam in the committee. So um, heard that the people on campus that were the finalists on campus were very impressive. So um, by and large, University of Montana continues to attract good coaching candidates. Sean was breaking down some Bobcat football for you. I got some more thoughts on Bobcat football. We'll continue to extrapolate those uh, moving forward here. But I thought that uh, you know the Cats, I think that the analysis of the new coaching staff, the coaching change, it's going to be a long-term thing. And uh, I think that we're going to get the first look at it uh, when the rivalry game commences because I do think that the, that extra bit of zip that Jeff Choke put into the Bobcats helped them win four Cat Grizz games in a row. Does Brian Holsinger have that uh, in his repertoire? Excuse me, just Brent Vegan. <laughs> Freudian slip there. Brian Holsinger, the new Lady Grizz head coach. I was looking up at my monitor and I saw the uh, the remaining piece of sound there. But Brent Vegan, new Bobcat head coach, does he have that in his repertoire? Can he get his guys up for, for the biggest game in, in the state of Montana each year? And uh, regardless, though, it's not just about the rivalry game, although sometimes a lot of the fan bases do make it just about the rivalry game. But it's a lot greater than that. But I do think the Montana State, barring a, a just disaster in terms of uh, injuries or just some, some sort of mutiny internally because of a lack of acceptance of the coaching change, I do think they have enough talent uh, to be really darn good. I think they'll contend for a Big Sky title, and I think they'll absolutely be in the mix, if not uh, uh inside track for a playoff berth just because I think of all the great players that they have. I mean, they're, they're going to have the best offensive line in the league. They have one of the, one of the best front sevens in the league. They have a, a few of the most transcendent athletes in the league. We talk about Troy Anderson, uh, Isaiah Fonse. They have some younger guys on their roster that maybe a lot of people, especially in Western Montana, haven't heard of uh, like Charles Brown, Jaden Smith, a couple of receivers from Texas that are really talented. And I think they're going to be able to be a lot more functional offensively. I do think that they're going to probably have a different offensive set as well as a different quarterback operating the offense by the time this spring ball or fall camp is all said and done. But either way, I think they'll be a lot more functional, a lot more proficient offensively, uh, particularly because that offensive line is so good and because of the stable of backs. Afonso leading the way, but also... Demarius Hosey, uh, Elijah Elliott, a freshman. Remember that name. He's going to be a really good one as well. So I, I do think Montana State has uh, some talent. I, th- I do think that just broadly, I think they're going to have a good year in 2021. Uh, I think that the, the coaching staff is, is the ones responsible for making turning it from good to great, maintaining the momentum and the confidence uh, amongst the, just the environment of the program, the fan base, the university, all that. And then moving forward, when you know Troy Anderson is no longer on your team, when Lewis Kidd and Taylor Tuiasasopo, a couple of the best offensive linemen in the league, graduate, where do you go from there? That's going to be the biggest transition point. We're going to get into more of that uh, tomorrow. Justin Belknap, defensive end from the Grizz, is going to join us. Also share some sound from Montana State, Brent Vegan, as well as Troy Anderson. Maybe spice in a couple other uh, pieces of sound as well from the Montana State side of things. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore 
live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.